If you would have asked me like two weeks ago about being up here and let alone being up here and having fun and not like this, I would have said, you crazy <laughs> doing that. Uh, but that's just my own pride talking and uh, getting up here and feeling this freedom and being able to speak like this just I recognize that it's the Holy Spirit working in me because this is not my natural personality. <laughs> I'm pretty quiet and laid back most of the time. And uh, sometimes I get goofy, but that's usually only if it's a certain time at night and my daughter calls that slap happy. That's about the only time that comes out. But this is the Holy Spirit. Uh, anybody in here want some freedom? Okay, everybody. Or even another level of freedom. I mean, when we accept the Lord and we have salvation, we are free. But there are still things that we allow to smush some of that freedom down, of really living it, feeling it, letting it just flow through you. And that's a little what I want to talk about this morning. So I was going to introduce myself. I put on there, introduce yourself, just in case. But my father-in-law already generously did that. And the only thing he left out in, is we have twins now. Um, easiest labor and delivery I've ever had. We adopted them when they were two. <laughs> and uh, they are turning seven April 1st. They're April Fool's twins, <laughs> babies, which we got through foster care. So Melinda's up here talking about foster care. That was our life about five years ago is uh, going into foster care. And not, well, my husband didn't think we were going to adopt. I was like, come on, Jesus. <laughs> we can do, I want more kids. <laughs> and uh, he kept saying for years and years, Honey, we are going to have grandkids. We're not having any more kids. He made sure of that. When I was still seven months pregnant with our daughter, he went in and uh, had the surgical procedure to make sure that we couldn't have any more kids. But Jesus had a different plan. <laughs> and now we got these sweet uh, babies in our life. They are uh, a bundle of fun and a little frustration sometimes, <laughs> but we're finding out as we get older, it's kind of like more we're in between being parents and grandparents right now. Some of the things that when KJ and Audrey were little that used to bother us, I'm like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so I, my earrings like jiggling this, sorry, got a little extra sound effect. All right, so uh, about, well, let's see, about two weeks ago, um, I experienced a miraculous transformation in my life, uh, what I call a complete freedom breakthrough. Amen. Yes, it is great. Oh, my board is here. I looked. I'm like, where is that thing? Okay. I'm going to share with you how that happened. For about the last 10 years, I've been dealing with chronic pain in my neck and shoulders, which then over time brought on migraines. And that also became chronic. Also, I said also twice. <laughs> then, five years ago, I finally sought out medical help. And since then, I've been through multiple different doctors and their ideas of how to treat the problem, including several rounds of physical therapy. And I say all of this to explain why I was going to physical therapy on that morning. So last Monday morning, I drove to physical therapy, and before I could even get out of the car, I just sat there, like completely consumed by defeat and sadness. And uh, it was just like being frozen and all your worries and problems. 
And, uh, man, the devil likes to be able to pick at you, especially in those moments. And the devil <laughs> whispered to me, you're never going to get better. Why don't you just give up now? And I was stuck. Like, all the strength that was left in me just got sucked right out of me. And my first reaction, and I'll let you know I'm being real, just like I told him at our church last week, I wish this wasn't my first reaction, but the truth of it is, I thought, oh no, not another nervous breakdown. I've had several, unfortunately. And am I going to have to go on another antidepressant? That was my first thought. And then the Lord said to me, right now, all you have to do is just take one more step. And I am with you. Get out of my car. You know, you kind of like, I can do this. One of those kind of moments. Get it together, girl. So you think, there's the breakthrough, right? No, that was just a little bit of it. You know, don't you love how God, like, come on, come on, a little, another step. I'm working something out in you. Tuesday morning, I woke up, and again, I was feeling tired and depressed. So again, I just did what God told me the day before, and I took one little step, one more step. Sometimes... One more step is just getting yourself out of bed in the morning and getting those sweet little babies dressed and their teeth brushed to shove them out the door (laughs) so I can try to make something decent out of my household and the laundry baskets. I mean, I just keep buying more laundry baskets. I'm like, where the heck did all these come from? (laughs) Like, the washing and the drying part's not hard. It's the doggone folding and the getting in the drawers. Sometimes I'm just like, hey, look, babes, that stuff's clean, so just grab something out of there because mama didn't get to that yet. (laughs) It's not because I don't want to, but when you're dealing with constant chronic pain and migraines, it's like it's so much work just to do the little things. And uh, as I'm struggling to get through the morning, God said to me, come away with me, child, because I want to show you something. And I've learned from previous experience in my life that when God so sweetly says, come away with me, child, I want to show you something, he's going to rock my world. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to grab something to write this down. My father-in-law has talked to me many times about journaling is important. I have been to many therapists throughout my life. All say, you got to journal, you got to journal, you got to journal. Well, for me, journaling sometimes was just 7 a.m. I woke up. 8 o'clock, I drank a pot of coffee. Like, it was like... I started somewhere, but I'm like, how effective is this really? I know what I did this morning. But through time, there are moments where I've just sat in awe of God, and God's like, write this down. Write this down. So I grabbed one out of four journals that I have. Looking through that journal that I happened to pick up at the beginning, I was talking 
Uh, but we had just moved out to St. John's. So Audrey was not even three years old yet. She is now 20 years old. So it just tells you how old some of these are, right? So I've got four of them. They're all about halfway filled. Many different years, time things going on. So I, this one journal I picked up, I, uh, I flipped it to the last entry. And the last entry on there uh, was February 15th, 2017. It's important for me to let you know that this Tuesday when all this happened, the date was February 16th, 2021. And I was thinking, what's the odds that I would open this journal up exactly four years later and pick up on the next day? Huh. I don't know, I've learned that there's no coincidences with God. Like, he's got it all worked out. So already I'm like, ooh, zooming in. Okay, what did I write in there four years ago? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wrote in that last journal entry, February is always the toughest month for me. Note to self, never make big decisions based off of feelings in February. I was like, oh, that's genius. I knew something. I was helping myself along there four years ago. Who knows, right? And then I ended that journal entry with this. Don't let the devil try to convince you that you're nothing. I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was feeling. You bet, yes, exactly. I've been through some of this crud before. <laughs> so, so I'm already like, oh God, thank you. <laughs> All right, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? <laughs> and then I wrote this as the Holy Spirit poured it into me. Mm. He gave me a title, started it out. The title is, Devil, You Are One Pathetic Loser. And I was like, I love where this is going. <laughs> this is great. And then I wrote, Why did it take me so long to recognize truth? In your effort to abuse me, maim me, and steal my joy, all you've really done is give me a chance to see the real you and the real me. You tried to make me believe that I was weak. But weak people ring the bell in the second round. And I'm still fighting. You told me that I'd never make a difference in this world. And yet, I've seen a generation beat the statistical odds as they continue to live their lives for Christ. You told me that I would die young, but I'm still here. You told me that God would never answer my prayers, but I'm a living miracle. You told me to be ashamed, but I traded beauty for ashes. You told me that I would be defeated, but with one swing of the sword of righteousness, I have cut off your legs. And now I see you for who you really are, 
a sad, lonely loser with a mouthful of lies and not even one single leg to stand on. As I read this back, there was a miraculous realization that came over me. I sat there in my living room. I said, I am free! (laughs) For the very first time in my life, I fully recognized the truth of my life story. And I'm going to share with you. Oh, so this is what the whiteboard is for. I uh, was a youth pastor for seven years at the church, so I'm more of a teacher than a preacher. <laughs> but then I realized preaching is teaching. Oh, okay. <laughs> so oh, this picture right here, this is me when I was five years old. Yeah, sweet little thing. I'm like, I wanted to call my mom and say, Mama, why don't you cut my bangs? I couldn't see anything. (laughs) Still, she's a sweet little girl right there. This little girl right here uh, was already starting to believe that she was not worthy of love. And she thought there was something very wrong with her. She was already fighting a battle against the devil and principalities in this world. Okay, please don't judge my drawing skills off of having to do it quickly, okay? (laughs) Like, for uh, time reasons here, uh, this is going to be an interesting little doodle. So here's the devil. Oh, look, there I am up there. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, don't judge me. It'll make some of you feel better about your drawing skills quickly, though. So, you know, if it makes you feel better, that's good. (laughs) These are the flaming arrows. Sometimes I'm studying up on more stuff. Like, talks about the devil shooting his flaming arrows of lies at you. Oh, there it is. And he ended up looking really happy last Sunday. I'm like, hey, you happy little loser? I'm not going to give you a smile. (laughs) But here's his little uh, lies bubble right here. Lies. Everything that the devil says is a lie. Even if he tries to mix some truth in there, it's just so he can tell a bigger lie. All right, there's the devil. Yeah, angry eyebrows. All right. So I was only five years old. (laughs) I've worked praying through this all week long uh, in order to give you guys a little bit more of a background. And I got to tell you, this first thing I'm telling you right now is uh, huge for me to be able to say out loud. But I realized this just helps bring even more freedom to people because I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever gone through this stuff. And I want others to know that you're not alone and tell the truth about everything as God uh, allows you to and they'll bring more freedom. Five years old, 
the first time that I ever saw a demon. I suffered from insomnia, and when I did finally sleep, I was terrorized by nightmares. You would think that this little girl would have told someone about these things, but she didn't. She suffered in silence. And she became depressed. and consumed by fear. And then, at six years old, she was molested for the first time. Stealing any innocence left in her and destroying her ability to trust most people. And this left her feeling ashamed, ugly, broken, and weak. You would think, okay, this is already bad enough, right? No, just kept going. At 11, she started starving herself because she believed that she deserved to hurt. She hated herself, and she struggled to find anything good left in her. She thought that she was completely worthless. At 13, she decided that she couldn't keep living this way and that suicide was going to be the best answer for her. And then she lived much of the next decade of her life suicidal. The self-hatred, self-harm, insomnia, and torment continued through her childhood and followed her right into her 20s. At 21, she found out that if she drank enough alcohol, she could sleep at night. Not a good answer. Within a few years, she became dependent on alcohol and was consuming about a gallon of red wine almost every night, and then she found herself becoming an alcoholic. At 22, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and over that next year or two, they also diagnosed her with other mental disorders as if that wasn't enough, you know? Now, they gave a name to her psychotic behaviors.
I'm just glad it wasn't me. <laughs> By this point in her life, she felt like a complete failure. And ultimately, she felt defeated. But, there's a but. <laughs> Not going to leave you with that. This would be a horrible, sad story. Some of you are out there like, this sucks. Like, I came here to feel better today. I feel like garbage. <laughs> Don't worry. There's a reason for why I share this. Because I'm on the other side of this. There's a but. Last Tuesday, in one precious moment, God revealed truth about this life story right here. And this is a visual of what was revealed to me. So, she believed that she was weak. But here I am, 41 years old, and I'm still fighting. Where did I put weak? Oh, there it is. Weak. It's gone. She believed that she was worthless and that she was a failure and that she would never make a difference in this world. I introduced myself, letting you know I was a youth pastor for seven years. Now, I see a generation of young adults. Most of them are in their early 20s, and they continue to live their lives for Christ. Even though the world says it won't make a difference by the time they're adults. That's a lie that the devil wants to feed you. They need your love. They just might seem a little bit scary sometimes, teenagers. You know, they tend to put up a little bit of a front. You know what God revealed to me? Because when I first started out, I'm like, teenagers, oh my goodness, what in the world? I like working with babies. They don't hardly talk. You know, you just love on them, rock on them. God revealed this to me. That teenager right there is somebody's baby. They need you. They just seem a little bit scary. They're not. They're tons of fun. <laughs> a 2007 study showed that 70% of 18 to 22-year-olds who grew up in the church will leave and stop attending. I've seen 80% of them continue to be at the church, and it's probably about another 10%. It's just that they don't live in our area but uh, some of them still watching online or going to like Journey Church, like my own son, who's down in Lansing. Praise God. Say all I had to say, don't let the statistics scare you out of it. God's doing things. Because when I looked up the new uh, statistics on this, it has gone from 70% to 60%. So it's our, God is on the move, hallelujah. But then, I was able to erase worthless and a failure. She was suicidal and believed that she would die young. Well, that one's obvious because I'm still here. She 
She was an alcoholic. In 2008, God called my husband and I into ministry. Uh, God, what kind of a sad, lonely loser would I be to not go into ministry just because I don't want to give up the alcohol? I'm going to have to trust all this in you. I quit drinking cold turkey. No longer an alcoholic. She suffered from bipolar disorder. She was depressed and psychotic. I was miraculously healed at 29 years old. It's interesting because when I was down there during worship, I was like, this part didn't used to be here, like back then. You know what the spot is right here? This is where I was healed. Yeah, the world will tell you. You can't be healed from things like bipolar disorder and mental disorders. That's not true. That is not true and you do not have to accept that. There were a lot of steps that went into that healing, but the final one, my son, my oldest baby, was only nine years old. And he got up here and he preached a healing service on a Sunday night with his Mima. Nine years old. He was such a little goofball back then, but he was letting God work through him. He got up here like he went, like he belonged up here, <laughs> like he'd always been here. And at the end of that service, after they spoke, KJ uh, says, anybody that wants a healing, line up. And he uh, laid hands on him, and his Mima and Papa O stood on each side of him. And somehow I ended up towards the back of the line. I'm like, I gave birth to him. How did I end up at the back of this line? <laughs> but it gave me time. I was, I was standing in that line going, God, I know you're about to heal me. I've been praying and asking for a healing for 20 years. Since I was nine years old and I knew that there was something just not right in me. I went up to every single altar call from the time I started going to church at nine years old and did not quit. Amen. I get up here. I'm like, what is he going to say? I've been praying for this for 20 years. What are the magic words? KJ puts his hand out on my head. Never even had a chance to open his mouth. Boom. Down I went. I was instantly healed. Amen. I went from one moment being on high doses of lithium to the next day and every day after that up until right now being completely free. So I was no longer depressed or psychotic. She was sexually abused. Not an easy thing to talk about. Bible says, you bring light into that darkness, and God will work a healing in it. It's so easy to keep those kinds of things to yourself, and to suffer in silence, and let 
You know, the devil loves it when you're in darkness and you keep things to yourself because he just... When you allow light, when you allow God into it, people that trust, who love you, and that can pray you through a healing and breakthroughs from things like sexual abuse, it's miraculous what happens. I spent the last seven years of my life focusing on healing from the wake of destruction that sexual abuse leaves. I've searched myself and did the hard work, went through many years of Christian therapy. Don't forget the Christian part in front of it because I've had some bad therapists in my life also. There's a huge difference. <laughs> Found a great Christian therapist who walked me through some things that I didn't think I would ever talk about. They were fine, I've forgiven, we've moved on. Do we even have to talk about this? <laughs> Found out there were some things like an eating disorder that I wouldn't deal with. That all stemmed from that. Now I'm free. <laughs> By doing that, I put an end to the eating disorders, the self-harm, and the self-hatred. So I'm no longer broken, feeling ugly, <laughs> or ashamed. That's a big one. As if I could have done anything about that. Little kids, it's amazing what they sometimes will blame themselves for. So it's just so important to teach them the love of God from the very beginning and let them know that God conquers all things. She believed that she would be defeated. But now I've recognized that God gave me a sword of righteousness and I no longer fear the devil because I see him for who he really is. This bad drawing of a devil up here is a sad, lonely loser with a mouthful of lies. Take his lies and his mouth away. He can't say anything anymore. And his legs have been taken right out from underneath him. And then everything came tumbling down. He was no longer a threat to me anymore when I saw the truth in all of this. And from that, I realized I was not defeated. And I'm certainly not living in fear from the devil and all of his lies anymore. Amen. First thing that came to my mind, John 8:32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now, I know who I am. You know, all this time, I saw myself still as this little girl. This little girl who had been hurt so badly and had so many things weighing her down. Like I said, in one precious moment, God revealed truth. Helped me to see my life story for what it really is. And I found out that underneath this little girl right here, that there was a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. That I am one of God's mighty warriors. Amen. She was there the whole time. I just didn't recognize it. 
you know, one of the very best parts of this revelation is if there was anything bad about it, there's not. It's all great. But I just sat there in my living room, letting God just pour all this into me and help me to realize what he was showing me. I realized, hmm, this revelation and this freedom came even though my present circumstances haven't changed. Wow. Kind of one of those people, I'm like, well, if this happens, then I'll be free. If, if I can just get away from this for a little bit, then it's all going to be all right. It doesn't have to be like that. Sure, I love to get away like everybody else, but those things you haven't dealt with are still there when you go back. All right, this next part here, <laughs> I told people, don't throw rocks at me or anything. I'm going to explain while I'm doing this, okay? <laughs> this warrior right here, she still has chains. And they are called pain and migraines. And at first I'm like, oh, God, you gave me a great message. And then he gives me this next part. And I'm like, I don't want to put chains on her. Well, this is the reality of it. There's a lot of our lives that we might have some chains, but they don't have to stop us. These are opportunities to grow stronger in trusting the Lord. Paul spent most of his ministry while he was in prison and in chains. I was like, wow. How many times have I read Acts? I knew that, and I never looked at it that way before. Ephesians 6.20, Paul even said, I'm still preaching while in chains. I'm telling you right now, I'm still preaching while in chains. My chains are the pain and the migraines. But I'm preaching God's word still in spite of my circumstances. Yes, I'm going to keep on praying for a healing. Don't get me wrong. The Bible says, come to me with your prayers and your petitions and ask. I'm not going to stop. Look, if I prayed for 20 years to get a healing from bipolar, just boom, one second. You think I'm going to stop praying that God's going to heal this? Heck no. I just know that it comes in his timing. And in the meantime, he's doing great works in me, and he's working it out through me. Because the world is going to look at you and say, what? How can you be up there with a smile on your face? How can you be preaching freedom when you're dealing with all of that? Jesus, that's how. Amen. God can and he will break every single chain. We saw him do it right there in Acts 16 with Paul and Silas. Acts 16, verse 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I had a revelation about this passage. 
when did Paul and Silas really become free? I always thought, well, it was in verse 26. It says it right there. When the prison doors flew open and the chains came loose. Yeah, I love reading that part. But that's not actually when they became free. It was the verse before that. While they were in the chains. Freedom started the moment that they started praying and singing praises to God. Singing praises to God while in the midst of the storm is when you really become free. And you let that devil know, you sad, lonely loser, get the heck out of my way. You've got nothing on me. Amen. I made the mistake of believing that I couldn't be free while I was in chains. And you know, I've spent about the last five to seven years of my life just slowly letting some depression and the frustrations and things just come on me. And uh, you know, I haven't stopped loving on the Lord and I haven't stopped being a mom and the pastor's wife and doing worship and all of those things, but I wasn't completely free in it. I was letting those other things just weigh me down. But all in the blink of an eye, God changed all of that. That is our God. Amen. <laughs> just like those other prisoners also, that were in there, they were listening. What do you think that they were thinking? Wow, they're not like any of the other prisoners that have been in here with us. What is different about them? That's what's going to get the world asking, what is this that you have? How do I get that? Even the, ja <laughs> the jailer who was going to kill himself because he was like, oh my goodness, what do I do? Man, if I don't do myself in right now, they're all going to get me. I'm going to be punished. Paul says, no, wait, wait. We're not just going to take off on you. It's going to be okay. And the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and your entire family will be saved. Amen. It really is that simple. We make it super hard. There's so much more that God reveals to you as you're growing up in the Lord. And we grow stronger in Christ as we go through those times, especially through the hard times. And he shows us how to, to make it through. And you find out, wow, I'm not as weak as I thought I was. <laughs> right? So there's going to be more storms in our life. The Bible says, in this life, you will have troubles and trials. But that's not where it ends. The end battle, God's already won that. We're just going through stuff right now, doing our very best to love on the Lord, let him love on us, and love others the way that he's asked us to. So, while you're out there fighting the good fight with me, don't forget, that warriors make sure they're prepared before they go into battle. And I always think of my mother-in-law <laughs> when I think of Ephesians 6 and the armor of God. 
because my brother-in-law, Joe, drew this picture of her sitting there on her floor with all the pieces of armor around her. It's been burning my mind since the very first time I saw that when I was only about 13 years old. And uh, Ephesians 6 tells us how to put on the armor of God. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Oh man, I love some peace. <laughs> in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit at all times. On all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. We need to encourage each other. The secular world out there is so quick to tear each other down. It's just a bunch of garbage. We need to do it so differently. Yeah, the flesh rises up sometimes. Just get them back down and don't take too long doing it. All right? And then, you know, when you fall, when we mess up, I had this visualization, you know, like, I love movies like Braveheart, <laughs> you know, it's like, freedom! That's like how I've been feeling for the last couple of weeks, except my head has not been chopped off, so that's good. But um, <laughs> if you haven't seen Braveheart, at the end of it, he does get his head chopped off. But he was a fighter for freedom, and he did not stop. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this. Keep going, keep fighting the good fight. So that, like Paul in 2 Timothy 4 7, we'll be able to say, I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Share your testimony of things that God has done in your life even if it's not completed yet. I have testimony of all the things God has done in my life. But right now, even though there's chains on me still, I'm telling you the testimony that's happening right now. You don't have to wait. It's all important. It's all relevant. It's all God's plan. Remain faithful. Trust in him. And don't be afraid to open your mouth because when we open our mouths and we give our testimony, the devil, his legs are chopped off and he's defeated at that very moment. He no longer has power over you. He no longer is even able to lie to you and trick you in thinking he does have some kind of power over you. Put him in his place where he belongs. Don't give him the time of day. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> you got no place here, you got no place in any of God's people. Amen. You are free. And there's even a deeper level of freedom maybe for you right now, just like for me.
I'm up here speaking and was obedient to doing what I was asked to do because I want everybody to have this freedom because I know that there's a better life. Salvation is where it starts. If you have not accepted salvation, if you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, get him. You need him. Trust me. You absolutely need him. It's that simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he was raised from the dead and that he's coming back again one day. And ooh, hallelujah. I can't wait till I get there. <sighs> but I have to. You know, we all have to do our little thing right here, and it's important. There's a reason why I'm still here. There's a reason why I didn't take my own life when I was 13 years old or any of those other years after that where it was a constant battle. I... <laughs> When I was 13, as I tell you up here, it was the first time I was like, God, I can't do this. And uh, I had it all planned out. I got the, the ladder out, and I was gonna just head dive right into the cement in the back. And my dad came home early that day. And so it kind of just like shook me. But in my mind, it didn't stop me. I was like, you know, as soon as I get another chance, I'm just gonna finish this. It was Wednesday night. We went to church that night. One of the few in-between times that I actually attended youth ministry. You'll never believe what Pastor Kevin Berry talked about that night. As I sat there and he said, Suicide is not an option because God's got a plan for you and it's not in your hands to take your own life. And I'm sitting there going, how did he know? <laughs> I had decided then that I couldn't do it myself, but I tell you what, it, for a long time it did not stop that feeling of wanting to die the saddest prayers I ever prayed was, Lord, please take me. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you know how many teenagers, lives, and young adults, and women, men alike, that I've been able to help find some freedom to say, look, I do know what you're feeling, but don't give up. Because there's a God that loves you so much, no matter how dark the night is, there's morning coming. Amen. Hallelujah. In big letters, I'd remind myself, don't forget to pray. <laughs> Not that I, like, never pray. I mean, I'm praying all the time, but um, I get, like, going in this time. And you know what I found out for me? My prayer life is so different than it used to be. Um, like, yes, there's still times where it's like, stop. as I'm going throughout my with the Lord and, and uh, praise him and just pray. But I realize that as I'm going throughout my day, that I'm talking to God and he's talking to me. And most of the time I'm listening. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's just changed is all. <laughs> Oh, I hope you feel encouraged today. I really do.
all of this stuff that I went through to know that God is doing miraculous things with it and helping to free other people. Of course, I don't wish that I had gone through it. But at least he made something really beautiful out of this huge mess that was my life. And to stand up here and say, I am free. You can be free. Yeah. Hallelujah. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. I just come to you this morning completely in awe of what you do, Lord. For setting me free, Lord, for the freedom that you have out there for every one of your children. Father God, I pray right now that everyone in this room would get that new recognition and that realization of their life story. No matter how much garbage has been thrown in there, no matter what they're going through right now, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you reach right into the depths of their heart and the pit of their stomach where their soul will rise up and see truth. And the truth will absolutely set us free. Lord Jesus, I pray that this would continue. I pray that you would encourage each and every one of us to tell our life story, to tell our testimonies of how God has loved us and seen us through, and that he will continue to love us through whatever it is we're going through, and that we will shut up the lives of the devil, that we would stomp him down to the ground, put him in his place, and tell, no, not today, you got no place here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so when this happened, I am a worshiper. <laughs> Since I was a little, little girl, I would sing praises to the Lord before I even knew his name. I knew he was there in me in the darkest of nights. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to sing a little bit for you this morning. It's just a little acapella. But this is one of those songs that came into my head as soon as all this stuff happened on that glorious Tuesday morning. It's called The Chain Breaker by Zach Williams. Man, it just keeps going through my head, but that's great because it continues to remind me that you are free. God breaks every chain. Amen. <clears throat> Can I get some words up there? Oh, thanks. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know it all, but... <laughs> If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, well, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, well, say then, well, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Stand up with me if you want. <laughs> We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. And we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. And we've all run to things we know just ain't right. 
And there's a better life And there's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost Well, he's a way maker If you need freedom Well, say then Well, he's a prison shaking savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify If you believe it And you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify Woo! That is what I'm going to leave you with Testify Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me share with you this morning. Wow, great word. Did you take my... Oh, I got a marker. What? I found it. Oh, okay. When you said this word when you put that up there and I thought you were going there the ash and, and it's Isaiah 61.3 to all who mourn in Israel or Zion he will give a crown of beauty for ashes hallelujah a joyous blessing instead of mourning festive praise instead of despair in their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for His glory. Amen. That's you. He planted you like a strong oak tree, Shannon. And, and that brought Him glory today by your sharing that with all of us and, and those of you online. And I hope that this message sticks with you for a long time to come. And if you run into people that maybe are experiencing something like this, any part of it, you know, send them to our website. Have them look up today's date. It's there. It'll be on there uh, for as long. I, I don't know if we've cut any off yet. I think they were like three years long on our uh, archive. So just have them come back to this date, and they'll be able to hear that message that you've given today. And I just give God all the glory and all the praise, because if, if it weren't for Him, I wouldn't have you as a daughter-in-law, and I wouldn't have those two blood children and then the two who are our children, they're just not from our line, but still, God is moving in our family. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that today. And you know, again, just to emphasize that this Holy Spirit Conference, I don't know what Art's going to bring here that Sunday, but I'm telling you what, if you know somebody that needs healing or some special touch from the Lord right here. Uh, just have them make sure and come back. Uh, and it's both morning and night. So if, don't forget that part. 10.30 in the morning, 5.30 at night. And I think he told me this. He said, look, he said, usually the 5.30, the evening service is one of those where God really shows up because people aren't like feeling like, hey, it's noon, I got to go eat. <laughs> you know, so... Just whatever, though. I just want you to know what's coming, and I'm, I'm trying to emphasize it, because I think somebody in our church prophesied that uh, there was going to be an event here in, in March. I think they said mid-March.
that was going to be the catalyst for a real move of God. So don't miss it. Be praying for that. Be praying for Shannon as she goes and shares this testimony. I don't think God's done with you. With this, with this I don't think God's done with you. I think you're going to be sharing that elsewhere because the Lord wants you to uh, bring him glory as you already have. So let's uh, finish in prayer. Father, we again thank you for this service. Thank you, Lord, for touching our people as you have. Uh, Lord, as, as we meditate on Shannon's testimony and on the fact that the devil's legs have been cut off, Lord, help us to apply that to our own lives. Lord, you are the mighty chain breaker. And I pray that our people will be set free, Lord, from the bondage of sin and death. We love you. Now get us home safe, Lord, or wherever we're going next. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming out today. Hope to see you again next week. God bless.